0: This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer DuPlessis.
1: Hi everybody and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host Jen DuPlessis where we help you grow your business to heights you've never thought possible and I'm here to share my successes with you and that you know that are relevant in helping you uh, to not reinvent the wheel because there's so much that all of us are doing and it makes um, makes us all successful no reason to reinvent the wheel so I just want to share just different ideas from different people so today my guest I'm so happy to have him is Sam Parker who is with my credit guy credit restoration so welcome Sam
0: hey thanks a lot for having me Jen
1: of course, thank you for being on the show. I want to just introduce Sam a little bit and let you know about his company and about his history. Uh, he's had, he has 14 years in the credit repair specifically business. He's been a key player in bringing quality and integrity, which we're going to talk about, to such a fragmented industry. His vision for how to treat people right, do what you say and you're going to do, and how to add value with anyone in the credit repair industry has really been a key formula for my credit guy's success, especially now. Because it's more than just increasing someone's credit score. It's also about getting people um, educated on what's going on with credit. And of course, I, I talk about this all the time the gospel of Google. You know, everybody mm-hmm. goes to Google and thinks that that's the gospel. And then when they get to us, we have problems, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I, I want to welcome you, Sam. And, you know, the reason I wanted you on here is I'm interested in making sure that we are dispelling the myths that. Our own my own industry in the mortgage mortgage industry that we start saw or stop or start knowing exactly what the myths are out there ourselves and get get the, the word from the horse's mouth, so to speak so let's sure. start with the reputation of credit restoration and I, you know I, I use credit restoration all the time rather than credit repair and you know and I find that clients are just more um, open to that and, and Willing to, you know, listen to credit restoration. It just seems like it has a better uh, connotation to it. But I know in our industry, we have loan officers that who who won't even get involved in it because they've heard so many bad scam things that have happened over the years. So let's talk about the reputation and what you're doing to um, overcome that.
0: Yeah, well, you know, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, the reputation is is well-earned. You know, there are a lot of companies out there that in the past have, you know, burned people or, or not done what they were supposed to. Um, and, you know, I, I I for one think that our, our industry should be, you know, more regulated just in the terms of, of uh, licensing and testing, you know, to make sure that uh, everybody that puts on that uh, credit repair hat, you know, deserves to, to wear it and knows what they're doing. But, um, you know, as of right now, it's not like that. So what what we try to do as a company is distance ourselves um, from the competition by simply, you know, adhering to, you know, federal law and federal guidelines. So like in credit repair, there's 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 what's called the CROA, Credit Repair Organization Act. And anybody can look that up to see if the, the company that they're working with is, you know, kind of abiding by that. But really, what it all boils down to for the most part are two main points of emphasis number one is don 't charge upfront fees, which most credit repair companies try to find a way to skirt around either using uh, state laws you know that that may say you know hey here in our state as long as you're licensed and bonded, you can charge upfront so they charge a you know a setup fee or a, a paperwork filing fee or they claim that they've done their job by the third day of service and so they can charge well I, I just look at all that as being gray area at best. And so what we do is we don't charge until the 30th day of service after we can show, you know, great, uh, you know, great service. And, you know, we have, you know, by then, you know, some one-on-one conversations with the client, some coaching, they're seeing results by then. So, you know, don't charge up front. That's kind of the number one thing. Um, And then beyond that, and what most credit repair companies actually get in trouble for is making outlandish promises, you know, over-promising their service, claiming to be able to remove anything and everything under the sun, you know, that pitch that says we have the special sauce that nobody knows about, that sort of pitch um, is what gets credit repair companies in trouble. So, you know, that's another thing about us is that we're conservative. You know, we, uh, we would rather kind of under promise and over deliver than the other way around. So, you know, um, just doing it the right way and, and, and putting a realistic expectation out there and then following through on what you say you can do. So, um, you know, we really try to base our service and education and follow through rather than, you know, um, claims and, and saying that you could hit a home run when, you know, when really, you know, a a double or a triple is still pretty good. You don't always have to promise a home run to make your clients happy. So. Right.
1: Yeah. Thank you for sharing for that. Yes. It's kind of interesting that there's no licensing or testing required. And of course, you know, that's where the mortgage industry was several years ago. And it, you know, it uh, now has progressed to that. So hopefully at some point in time, you know, it will do that. And I can tell you, you know, from, from working with different companies in the past, you know, the upfront fees for someone who is, um, you know, credit challenged and has had an incident or a credit event in their life, uh, you know, that's the turn down, is they just don't have the money to do it. And, you know, it's really frustrating as a loan officer for me, specifically mm-hmm. because I'm a CMPS, a certified mortgage planner, is that, you know, my goal is to have that servant heart to be able to help them. And it's real frustrating to watch someone walk away from the possibility of owning a home over, you know, a $450 fee or, you know, something per month and and that kind of thing. So um, I like that you're not charging it up front. I think that gives them some latitude to see kind of what some results are. So having said that, so what exactly do you do with clients? Um, I mean, I know what companies say they do and how they handle their clients. But what exactly do you do to help them through the process? What is what does your process look like?
0: Yeah, sure. So we start off first with a detailed interview where we figure out what the client actually disagrees with and why. The problem is in our industry that you get a lot of people, and, and just to correct uh, myself earlier if I said this wrong, but licensing is required in credit repair, but the testing isn't. So you, as long as you can get licensed, then you don't have to show that you actually have any knowledge of the credit industry. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where okay. the big disconnect is. But um, what we do is we start off with that interview where we determine, you know, what they disagree with, what they want us to work on and why. Because if a client comes to us and says, Look, I had a foreclosure last year, can you just get it off for me? The answer for us is no. We're not gonna knowingly go after accurate items. It's just, you know, not something that we're going to or willing to do. And honestly, it's usually a waste of the client's money and it gives them false hope. And at the end of a couple months, that company's sitting there going, Well, sorry we couldn't get it removed. So what we do is we determine and, and make sure that this is a file that uh you know has inaccuracies on it that the clients do have legitimate claims to having items removed, um and that, you know, beyond that that there are other items that we can help with. So like instead of just going after negative items and only disputing negatives, which we do, but instead of, you know, first of all in the dispute process, instead of just saying not mine or never late and blanket disputing everything, we'll go through, do that interview and then we're looking for violations of the Fair Credit Reporting Act, the Fair Debt Collection Practice Act, you know, statute of limitation violation things like that where it's truly inaccurate and needs to be corrected so we start off with a detailed interview and then follow through with with you know pinpointed disputes and then beyond that you know we we help the client if it You know, those negative items come back as verified. You know, they come back and say, hey, the client owes this. We can prove it. Then rather than doing what most repair companies do and just disputing over and over and over again, at that point, we're going to help your clients start to negotiate settlements and pay for deletions where we're helping them take responsibility for those debts, but in a manner that it's going to get them closer to the closing table. Because as you probably know, we run into a little bit of a catch 22 in the mortgage industry where an underwriter might want, you know, a collection to be taken care of. But they also want a 640 minimum, uh, you know, uh, credit score in, in, in some cases, or whatever the minimum may be for that loan program. But if we pay that collection it's going to drop the credit scores because you're you know, refreshing that neg- that negative item. So what we'll try to do is help the client negotiate like a pay for deletion or a pay for non-update, something like that, so we can kill two birds with one stone and get you guys back to the closing table. Um, we do a ton of credit education and budgeting, um, which is very important. You know, We're not just trying to slap a Band-Aid on a problem, get somebody shoved through the loan process, and then they're in the exact same boat they were because they didn't learn how to change their behavior in any way. Um, so we'll do credit education and budgeting, and then we help the clients establish new positive trade lines and really teach them how to drive those so that that way they're, they're just progressing. You know, this isn't, you know, just a, like I said, a band aid fix It's that. We're really changing not only the way that, uh, the way that they think, but the way that they act on a daily basis through that education and, you know, empowering them with positive trade lines as well. So just kind of a, you know, an all-inclusive approach to it.
1: Okay, and then how do you communicate with us as loan officers as you're going through the process to keep us up to date on the status or lack of uh, participation sure. by the client midway?
0: Yeah, yeah, great question. So we, uh, we really pride ourselves on communication, and I think that any of our, you know, referral partners would tell you that's what they love about us is, you know, the transparency. So from the time that you send a lead over, you know, we acknowledge that lead, We're going to be um, updating you proactively so you're not having to come to us and ask for um, updates constantly, which is something that I hear out in the industry about, you know, one of the pet peeves about credit repair companies. So we're going to let you know. The first time that we try to contact that client, and uh, whether or not we get in touch with them or not, we're going to let you know when that client uh, engages with us. We're going to let you know when we send a contract out to them. We're going to let you know when we have a contract back. Then after that, you're going to get biweekly updates on your clients. Um, we will have already let you know before that uh, when you can expect to have that client back, whether it's you know forty-five days or sixty days or four months or whatever. So you have that expectation. But then you're also going to get your own unique username and password that you can log into a portal and check the status of any of your clients at any time. If you want to, most of our referral partners find that that's not necessary because we keep you so well updated with our proactive, you know, kind of, uh, uh, reach outs to you where we're letting you know, Hey, it's going to be two weeks until you're going to repull credit on this one. Hey, it's one week away. Hey, you know, everything is clear, good to go. And then when we get them back to you, We're going to let you know that the credit score is good enough and that any lender overlays that you identify, you know, for us to work on. So, you know, if you say, hey, I got to have a a 680, but I can't have dispute verbiage on the credit report either. We make sure to get that cleared up or I can't have authorized users using this lender. We make sure that that's cleared up. So if you let us know not only credit scores, but also lender overlays, loan guidelines that we can have an impact on, then we'll make sure that this is as smooth of a process as we possibly can.
1: That's awesome. I mean, you sound extremely knowledgeable about our industry, and I think that's something that's really important because I think it bridges a gap, you know, where it goes into this uh, black hole whenever I send yeah. something to somebody, right? It goes into a black hole, and I don't know what's going on, and that that uh, entity doesn't know a lot about our industry. Um, I've never had a credit restoration company talk to me about overlays with you know, beyond just credit scores. It's just, okay, that's the credit score I'm trying to get and, you know, good luck. Um, so I appreciate that very much. Um, yeah. So, you know, I know you do a lot of teaching and educating and you do a lot of on stage and, you know, and that's where actually where we met when we were both speaking in Las Vegas um, this earlier this year. And, you know, and I, I was really impressed with the way, you, I mean, I wouldn't have approached you, right? I was really impressed by the way that (laughs) you that you taught everybody and everything. But I also know that you have um you have a video distribution or a distribution list that you do and I I love when those videos come in and they're they're just quick little things to tell me, you know, another little another thing that I need to be aware of about about credit scoring. And I think that um, you know, as a life learner that's always really important. So what I'd like to talk about now is some of the myths about credit scoring. Now, as loan officers, anybody listening to this, you should know that by paying off a collection, it could potentially mean that the client's credit score is going to drop, especially if they do it before coming to you. That's one of those crazy things. But I want to make sure that we sort of nip all of these in the buy, as many as we can. My, my two specifically that I'd like to talk about is um, the percentage of, of um, balance to uh, high credit high limit ratios, because there's all these different little versions that I've heard out there from a multitude of uh, credit companies, credit restoration companies, and then also the specifics about paying off a collection so that we can help guide our clients. And then whatever other myths that you think loan officers are running around with, I'd like for you to address those as well. So if we could just start with the percentage first and then the debt, paying off the collections and go from there.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So over the years, there's been lots of different, you know, um, advice points on what the proper balance limit ratio should be and where they should be maintained. And and you've seen them move around a lot. What we see and what we know is, first of all, I'll start from high and work down, okay? Once you cross over 50% of your balance to limit ratio on a revolving account. So so we're talking credit cards here, we're talking lines of credit, installment, don't worry about balance to limit ratios. Um but on on revolving lines of credit, once we cross over that 50% threshold, that account has the great potential to basically hurt you more than it's helping you. The credit scoring algorithm is going to look at that. It's going to send red flags up and it's going to say, this person is overextended. They need this credit line. They're not using cash. So you cross over 50% of the balance to limit ratio, red flags go up. And if you don't have a long enough credit history on that credit card account to kind of weigh out the balance to limit ratio, um, negative aspect of it, that card can absolutely hurt you more than it's helping you.
1: That's um, interesting. If I can just interject it. That. That's interesting. Yeah. I never knew that the history on the specific account and the ratio together have an impact. I you know, have only um, specifically said you know, it's a 50% ratio. You know, that's the first layer. Um, but never looking at the tenure of that account as well. So you're saying that yeah. the tenure of the account, if it's a short, uh, you just transferred all your balances
0: right?
1: Yep. <laughs> you just yep. transferred all your balances and you're over 50% on a brand new account that's going to have more of an impact than if you had over 50 on an account you've had for 10-15
0: years. Yeah, well, you kind of got to look at it like a like a scale, right? And and mm-hmm. if we're putting a negative thing on one side, we need to put a positive thing on the other. Well, if Ying we put yang. a negative, yep, exactly. yeah, exactly. So if we put a negative, you know, uh, Stone on the on the scale, and we say, okay, we're going to max this card out. Then we got to have a positive one over here, uh, you know, on the positive side, and that would be, well, this account has been open for five years or ten years. So you're getting a lot of points because a credit card's been open for a longer amount of time, and so sometimes that can kind of help negate some of the negative you know, aspects that you might add. But if you have a brand new credit card and then it's absolutely maxed, you have no credit history plus your balance to limit ratio is shot. So that's nothing but a a negative Negative. impact on your credit. Yeah. Okay.
1: There's our nugget already. I mean, again, I mean, this is what I I love about doing this is I I absolutely love learning and, you know, just little things like that. So um, help me, you know, every day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's
0: and that's something we'll circle back to with one, uh, with a tip that I'll give you here in a second. Okay. Um, so the, after 50% is that 30% range, you know, people have said 25%, they've said 33%, 30% is the, is that, uh, is that range where you want to try to keep it, you know, below that at all times, if possible, it's just that nice, safe range where it's going to be looked at as, you know, the good range of the balance to limit ratios. Okay. And then ideal range is actually in that seven to eight percent range because you don't want to have it all the way paid off because then you're not gonna always be calculating in your payment history. If you know, you gotta keep in mind that when credit's pulled, it's just a snapshot of, of what's going on right now. So if when credit's pulled it never sees a balance being reported on there, then you might not get credit for that. So you wanna keep it in that seven to eight percent range um, if if possible. I know that sounds really specific, but That's what it is. Um, so what we tell clients (laughs) to do is, you know, go out, put a tank of gas on, on your credit card, uh, this month, next month, pay it down to 50%. The month after that, pay it off and put another tank of gas on there. Just something like that to keep it, you know, keep it active, keep the, the balances low, um, show that you're being responsible with it. But you know, as Americans, this is a tough pill to swallow. Don't use your credit cards as money. Um, you Mm -hmm. You know, unless you, unless you're being strategic about it, you know, I know there's business owners out there. that are like, look, I have an airlines miles credit card. I max it out every single month and I pay it off. That's fine. You just need to understand the way that credit works, because if you try to go get credit, um, you know, at the time while, you know, that's maxed out, your scores might be 80 points lower than they would be when it's paid off. So, right, right. And be, I actually talked to my,
1: yeah, and that's a good point because I talk to my clients about that, especially when someone says, you know, say, well, tell me about your credit card debt. And they say, don't have any. And I say, okay, whoa, whoa, that's, that could be a problem. Yeah. Because if you don't have any, that's a problem. It might be that yeah. you have credit card debt, but you pay it off monthly. And even that might be a problem if you pay it off monthly. Uh, all the yep. way because I want you yeah. to have just a little balance. So go to dinner, you know, have a little bit on there. Okay. Excellent. But thank you for clarifying all that. I've never heard the seven to 8%. I knew just have a little bit of a balance. Um, you know, and try to express to my clients, no credit is not good credit. It's no credit. Right.
0: Yeah. And to that point, if you go six months with a credit card being dormant, it's having no effect on your credit anymore. So you could have had it open for the last 15 years, making payments on it all the time. You're not, you haven't used it for six months and it hasn't had any activity. More than likely that card's not helping you at all right now. It's like it, it's like it doesn't exist. So, okay. so, so go, use it, use have it wisely.
1: Yeah, buy your wife some flowers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Dust that card off. Use it just a little bit. You know, I always tell people because people are like, well, that doesn't make sense. I don't want to spend the money. Well, right, but you're playing a game. You're playing the credit game, and the credit game has some rules that you got to play by. And if you want the positive benefits of it that you can go out and get financed whenever you want to, you got to make sure that you're playing by the rules of, you know, of the game that you're playing. Right, just
1: for a couple months, then you can go back to business as usual. Exactly. Once we're done. Yep. Okay, so that takes care of the percentage. What about um, paying off a collection?
0: Yeah, so a lot of loan officers know this, but they don't know the why behind it. So when they tell a client something that doesn't seem very rational, like if you pay off your negative debts, it's going to hurt you. If they can't explain that, then the client's kind of looking at them, you know, with their head cocked a little bit. So here's the deal. When you pay off a collection, there is no positive benefit to it in terms of credit. There's nothing, and and, and that's not just me trying to be mean. It's just that when you plug in the numbers, you know, into the algorithm, when you pay a collection, there's Absolutely nothing that would positively impact the credit score. Now, here's why, okay? Um, and, and I'm going to talk about MOP ratings. If you don't know what MOP ratings are, you can go to our website, uh, mycreditguy.com, click on the blogs tab, and you'll find a full um, rundown of what these MOP ratings are so it'll make sense. But when something goes to a collection status, collection, charge off, profit and loss okay it's going to be a nine rated account nine is the mop rating that's attached to it basically there's a, a rating system in credit that goes 0 through 9 0 means it's unrated not hurting you 1 means it's on time 2 means it's 30 days late all the way up to a 9 which is like i said a charge off profit and loss or collection okay the only other thing that matters and let's talk about collection specifically right now the only other thing that matters on a collection Is the date of last activity because once an item is sold to a third party collector and it becomes a collection the balance no longer matters so you could have a $5 collection a $100 collection and a $5,000 collection and if they all hit the credit at the same time they all hurt at the exact same amount those dollar amounts don't matter so When As these accounts age, they get older and older. Let's say that now we're dealing with maybe a collection from three years ago, and you go to pay it off. Again, the only thing that the credit scoring algorithm cares about is that date of last activity, and the date of last activity is triggered by the last time a payment was made. So you go and you pay that off. The date of last activity went from... November of 2013 to November of 2016 that nine rating that's attached to it followed it because that you know there's there's no relief there it just stays the same and now the credit scoring algorithm because it doesn't know the difference sees basically a new collection hit the credit report so when you pay a collection off you're updating it bringing it current and the credit scoring algorithm thinks it's it's a brand new collection so then you're going to see your points drop so that right. and I always tell it,
1: everyone Apple, it's a reset button you just hit the reset yeah. button.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly, exactly. So what we would encourage our clients to do, and we can try to help them out with this, is that to try to negotiate a pay for deletion, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there are some variations of a pay for deletion. You know, you can ask for a pay of you know non update of the of the mo or uh, pay for update of the MLP or a pay for non update of the data of last TV. You can request those things. Creditors, I'll be honest with you, are not very cooperative when it comes to pay for deletions and stuff like that. So, you know, there's, it can become a labor intensive, um, negotiation. Um, but, uh, but yeah, unfortunately when you go and you just pay collections off, you're not going to see that positive impact. So you got to look at the credit report as a whole, if that's going to be required, you know, that the client pay that off, where else can we get some points from? Because, you know, that that's definitely going to give us a hit. Right. Right.
1: Do you see any industry, changes to that? Do you see anything, uh, cause you know, it's, I mean, we all know it's not fair, but do you see right. anything changing in the industry about that at some point in the well, future?
0: They made, they made a try, uh, several years ago, they came out with, uh, I believe it was FICO nine and FICO nine was supposed to, um, and it does, but it's just not used by, by lenders, um, was supposed to discount like medical collections and paid collections. I mm-hmm. believe it was. Yeah. Um, and then that they, they, they created it, but then nobody ever adopted it to use it, which, you know, I can understand because there needs to be a happy medium because that was just saying like, it won't count against you. And the model that we have right now says it crushes you. There just needs to be something in the middle where, you know, if you make a payment on it, that, you know, at least you're getting, you know, not negatively dinged. Um, I, I don't, you know, we don't necessarily need to get a hundred points for paying off two collections that never should have been collections technically, but Um, you know, it it shouldn't hurt you either. So with the, I would think sooner or later, but, you know, unfortunately the credit game is just not fair. It's a very one sided, uh, thing that, that really benefits, you know, the, the credit scoring algorithm. And then ultimately, you know, the, the big banks with, uh, with the interest rates that are given based on those credit scores.
1: Right. So before you move on to another myth, can we talk about P&Ls? You brought that up. You know, it's always a challenge to have something that's written off to a P&L that's, you know, substantial. Collections are one yeah. thing, you know, $1,000, 5 bucks. <laughs> you know, I had a million yep. dollar loan with a $15 collection that just killed the deal. It was actually $14. But oh, man. these P&Ls are a pain in the butt because, you know, they can be 12000 8000 you know, substantial. And what can we do for those? What can we do to help our clients with
0: those? Yeah. So a profit and loss and a charge off are typically just going to be, that's a fancy and very confusing way of saying it's a collection that's held by the original creditor. So it just hasn't been sold to a third party yet. And that can make things a little bit more difficult because they basically haven't given up on that debt yet. You know, somebody sells something to collection, in my eyes, that's them kind of saying like, I don't want to deal with this anymore you guys deal with it, right. Where a, a charge off or a profit and loss is typically going to be, you know, that's going to be retained by that original creditor. So they still have a little bit more skin in the game and they are harder to deal with. And in that situation, and a lot of people don't know this, but when it's a charge off, um, you know, or a profit and loss and it's a revolving account, meaning a credit card that is still being factored into the balance to limit ratio as well. Um, so, so it's kind of double ding in you there. Um, you know, it's the negative account and, you know, those ratios could still be factored in. So you handle those, you know, we handle those a lot like the collection accounts though. They are still subject to, you know, verifying the debt and they are still subject to, you know, the fair credit reporting act and the fair debt collection practices act. So they have to have their ducks in a row and they have to be, you know, trying to collect on that debt in a professional um, and compliant manner. So we would just, you know, if it's inaccurate, we dispute it. Um, You know, we challenge it based on, you know, the violations that they, you know, that we may see or that, that may be occurring. And if they come back and they verify it, then that's where we would also, you know, still, in you know, uh, help out with that uh, settlement or pay for deletion process. You, you know, we would aid the client in, in trying to arrange that. So you, you handle them a lot, you know, mostly the same as you would a collection account. They're just a little bit tougher to deal with when it's held by the original creditor.
1: Okay. So thank you. So what other things are we doing out there as loan officers to misinform consumers?
0: Oh, geez. Uh, (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Well, you know, let's go back and talk about credit cards. Um, you know, a lot of times you will look at a client's credit report and we'll say, you got so many credit cards out, you know, maybe get rid of some of these. Um, Unfortunately, the way that the way that the credit scoring model works is that when you close out an account, it's like it never happened. So let's say that somebody goes, I have too many credit cards. I have seven of them. I have this one. I took out 10 years ago. I never use it anymore. I'm going to call and close it down because for some reason, I think that's going to help me out. Well, you've just hurt yourself a couple of different ways. Okay. So the way that it works is that no matter how long you've been paying on it, once you close it out, it's not just that you don't get credit for that credit card or that account going forward. You just, you know, you, you, you stop with what you have. It's that they go back and they take that entire account out of the scoring algorithm and throw it out like it never happened. So you want to make sure that you maintain those credit cards that you've had open for a long time, even if you say, Hey, I don't really use them. I get it. But again, it's all just a game. Find a way to use it every couple of months. And, and that way you maintain that. You also coach right. yourself. I think, oh, yeah. Ahead, I was going to
1: say, I think that's great because um, I have a couple of credit cards that are really, really old and we use them for doctor appointments or the vet. Yeah. You know, we have little stickies on say so use this for the vet. Use this for that. Yeah. You know, to continue. Doing yeah. It.
0: Organization is definitely key in credit. You know, if, if, if that's i would say the number one thing that we have to work with our clients on is their organization because a lot of times you know it's not that people are bad people it's not that they don't make enough money it's just that they're unorganized they don't know when this bill comes out or they forget it they space it off or whatever so yeah sticky notes envelopes you know whatever it takes to to stay organized Absolutely, that's a great idea. Um, and then, on that same note, uh, you know, the balance to limit ratios are a huge factor in credit scoring. And so, when somebody closes out a credit card, they're going to lose that because you get scored on your individual balance to limit ratios. Like, let's say you had. credit cards, okay? Two of them are for five hundred dollars, one of them is for two thousand dollars. Okay, so total you have three thousand dollars worth of credit extended to you. You're gonna get scored not only on your individuals, you know, are you at three hundred dollars of your five hundred dollar limit on this credit card, you know, five hundred of five hundred on this credit card, and then you know, say 1,500 of 2,000 on your big card. You're getting scored on all three of those individually, and then they're going to add up your balances, they're going to add up your total limits, and they're going to see how you're doing on your overall balance to limit ratios as well. So when you close a credit card out, like let's say you say, hey, I got two credit cards. I have these two littler credit cards I use all the time. I hardly ever use this big one. I'm going to close it out. And let's say that you were, again, at $350 on one credit card. You're at $500 of $500 on the other credit card. And then you have a $2,000 limit that you're not using at all. Well, you're at, what, 850 of a $3,000 overall limit right now, right? Mm-hmm. You close out that $2,000 credit card, and now you're at 850 of a $1,000 total limit, and so you went from being in a good ratio to being close to maxed out on your overall balance limit ratio, so that can really hurt you as well, so There's no need to go out and start paying off a bunch of credit cards or anything like that. And then, you know, kind of piggyback on that point. If you are, if you did come into a chunk of money, you are trying to pay your credit cards down to get a score bump. Just pay attention to the fact that you're scored on your overall balance limit ratio as well as your individual balance limit ratio. So you want to, you know, you want to take as many cards as you can down below that 50% threshold, 30% threshold as you possibly can instead of maybe focusing on your one big card. Um, You know, it'd be smarter to spread you know, whatever your available funds out over, you know, several cards.
1: Okay. All right. Great. Well, that's another thing I learned. So I, you know, I never really focused on the all credit. I, I heard about it years ago and, you know, being in business for 33 years, there's a lot of things I've heard about a long time ago, sure. but yep. I, you know, and I don't know if that, I, I guess I didn't realize that that um, I thought it went away, but I guess it, it's still there. So that's really good to know. Okay. So what else? Tell us what else we can be thinking about. <sighs> Well, no. here's one I'm going to ask you. I may, have, sure. I may be able to help you with this. You know, who are the bad guys these days? You know, uh, years ago, it was un-American not to have a late payment with J.C. Penney or Sears, <laughs> right? And yeah. then it became Capital One. Cute jingle and the whole thing, but, you know, Capital One and their way of reporting is detrimental to a client or can be, um, to my understanding. So tell me, who are the bad guys these days and why?
0: Yeah, you know, the credit for the most part, people have caught up on their on their you know their credit reporting. When we look at bad guys, more than anything, it's you know once something maybe goes to there are companies that are quick to go to collection. There's medicals right now. You know, you could you could barely be getting home from the hospital, and if the if the you know if the if your insurance carrier and the medical provider didn't get along perfect with you know their transaction. I mean you could you could have a collection popping up within a month, you know, that maybe you didn't even know about and now you're you're stuck doing that. So I would actually say that medical collections have become, you know, some of the toughest ones to deal with. You know, they hit the fastest. There's there's not a lot of communication there and then they are tough to get removed um once they're on there. So medicals have kind of become the new the new bad guy. Um you know, beyond that, you know what we're seeing a lot of and it's not necessarily that these companies are doing anything wrong to the clients, but student loans, people are buried in student loans and, um, you know, it's, it's, people just aren't realizing, you know, um, what they're getting into before they get into it. And then, um, you know, so we're seeing a lot of student loan debt as well. Now there are rehab programs, especially for, you know, federal, um, you know, loans uh, mm-hmm. where they can get into a rehab program, they can eliminate past late pays that way. But we see a lot of that, you know, going on. And, and that's a situation where if there is a debt that's federally backed, there is not a lot that any credit repair company is going to be able to do because Uncle Sam doesn't really, unfortunately have to answer to, 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 to many people. So. Right,
1: right. Okay, well, thank you for sharing. Is there a timeline if a collection has incurred? So if I get a credit report and I've got some old collections, Yep. I've got a collection that just happened four months ago. Is it just better
0: to pay it off? So if a, if, if a collection just hits your report, I would say go ahead and knock it out quick. If, if you don't disagree with it, pay it off quick because you're not getting into that situation where you're going to see the damage has been done by it even hitting your credit report. Mm-hmm. Now, the longer you wait, the more negative. You're going to see when you pay it, because again, you're updating the date of last activity. So if you agree with it, just get it knocked out. If they're willing to do a settlement or, or, or a pay for deletion, that's totally fine. And, and there's another myth I can talk about is settling out an account, accepting, you know, getting them to accept less, that doesn't hurt you in any way. The credit scoring algorithm does not care that you paid half of it or 70% of it or 20% of it. As long as it says, you know, that it's, that it's taken care of, it's all the same. Um, you know, it's just, you just got to know your stuff. Unfortunately, you know, the, the credit is one of those things where nobody learns about it in high school, nobody learns about it in college. And then all of a sudden you're just expected to not only have it, but be excellent at maintaining it. So that's why we try to do, you know, the education that we do and do the videos that we do just to hit on these little topics so that, you know, clients can, can learn about this before they make these, these really simple, but, you know, very impactful mistakes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, just ironically, yesterday I was talking to a client on the way home and she said, well, I've paid off one of my collections just the other day. And I was like, oh my God, why? Yeah, you know, and it, she's it, got another that will be gone in February after seven years. She has um, two other small, and they're all medical, just small little medical collections. She said, well, I was going to take an advance on one of my credit cards to pay off all the other ones. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah.
0: Just double, double ding whoa. whoa yeah. Whoa. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in what world you know, if you owe me money, in what world do you come up and you pay it to me and I slap you in the face? You know what I mean? Like I would right. say thank you yeah, very much I for know. doing it's that. Crazy. I appreciate it, you know, but in the credit world you yeah. you pay somebody what they've been bugging you about and you get, you know, you get punched in the gut. So right. it's crazy.
1: So I have a couple more. I'm gonna to continue to help sure. you out here. Um <laughs> yeah. what about the one time courtesy removals of uh, you know, the one time thirty day late on an account that's been there forever? Are you still seeing those one time courtesy? removals?
0: Yeah, not as much as you used to, though. Um, The the level of customer service, you know, just it's not quite what it used to be. You used to be able to do what we call goodwill letters or goodwill phone calls, where you call them up Mm -hmm. or or you write them a letter. and You say, look, I've been a great client of yours. I've never been late and I never intend to be late again. I will admit that this was 100% a mistake. Would you please, as a one-time courtesy, remove it? And, Mm -hmm. you know, we used to have great success with that, you know, but I've been doing it for 14 years now. And as the years have gone on and on and on, you just see less and that and less and that and less of that to the point where, you know, we might see a couple, you know, we help hundreds and hundreds of clients every single month and we might see one or two goodwill deletions or goodwill updates on a wow. monthly basis. It's, yeah. just, it's just not there anymore. And, and some of that might be for liability purposes. You know, if you're willing to remove that, Someone, I don't know if they think you would
1: be willing to move. Yeah. People.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and you're also, you know, in some cases, you know, if, if, if it goes both ways, you know, if a client pays off a collection, then they're admitting, you know, they, they take that as an admission I mean, of, um, uh uh-huh. yeah. And so, yeah. so, you know, I'm guessing that these creditors are probably saying, well, you know, if we remove that, then we're saying that we were wrong, which means that we could have been in violation of the fair credit reporting act. So no, we're going to stick to our guns and we don't remove late pays even as a courtesy. So, right. you know, I don't know that that's yeah. for sure what's going through their brain, but that's what, that's what would make sense.
1: Yeah, that's interesting that that's happening because, uh, you know, I mean, I'm getting admitted. I'm still telling people, hey, call them and see you and get a one-time <laughs> courtesy. Well, and, and it's, it's, yeah, it's and worth still a shot, do too. I guess.
0: It's, yeah, it is worth a shot. You know, we'll have clients sometimes that call us up that say, look, it was a mess up because of their bill pay system or this was not my fault in some way, and, and a lot of times it falls under that umbrella of, yeah, but technically you were still probably liable for it. So that's what I'll say is I'll say, hey, listen, if you believe that this is inaccurate, I will go after it for you. But I think that it's going to behoove you to make a phone call first and just see if you can talk to customer service about it. And then I'll go to work for you if you absolutely need me. So I still tell clients to throw up that Hail Mary and see what they can you know, come down with before they would ever incur a fee. And you know, if it's a situation where I know I'm not going to be able to help, I'll just tell them, hey, unfortunately it's kind of a tough luck situation and then we'll, we'll just have to build your credit around it, you know? Right. So. right.
1: Okay. So the next question is regarding, um, uh, short sales, this is, um, sure. you know, I'm finding more and more, the client will verbally tell me they have a short sale before I pull credit. And then yep. when I pull credit, it's not on the credit report. And for me, it's well, an, it's okay. an ethical issue. <laughs> right. Where did it go? Where did it go? Yep. So tell me, why is it some show up and some don't? And how do we, how do we work with this in both, you know, capacities?
0: Yeah. Well, the, the problem is with short sales is that a lot of it's going to come down to the verbiage that was written into the short sale agreement, you know? And, um, so it can change from lender to lender. Um, so you just, whenever somebody says I have an issue with the short sale, I say, Hey, give me the, sh- give me the paperwork because I, I need to read, you know, in there, what, what was happening but the other thing that happens sometimes is clients will go in and they'll kind of dabble you know with disputing their own stuff and they'll ask for the short sale verbiage to be removed and sometimes it is same thing holds true with a you know a foreclosure or a bankruptcy you know you you might you know um stumble upon a deletion you know you you hit it and they don't verify it but now you know when you go to sign your loan docs and it says you know have you had this within the last 7 years you're very tempted you know as a borrower to say eh no, I never have. And that becomes, like you said, an ethical issue and stuff like that. So, you know, if, if it's a short sale, I mean, I'm never going to put anything negative on a client's credit report, but I'm not going to try to encourage them to put themselves in a negative position either. So to answer your question, it's all going to come down to what was agreed upon in that agreement, you know, was, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and and that kind of leads into, you know, how does a short sale impact the credit? It's just however many late pays you incurred during the short sale. And so again, you would want to reference that, um, that short sale agreement and see, you know, was this something that was worked out before late pays were incurred? Is this something that, you know, was agreed that once it, it wouldn't be recorded as a short sale, but you know, that shouldn't really happen because if it's a short sale, it's a short sale. And by the FCRA, then you have to report both you know, both, you know, the negative and the good. So right. yeah, short sales can, sure, I, I, sorry to give you a vague answer, but it all comes down to the paperwork that was signed in that short sale agreement.
1: Right. Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting to know. Yeah. So that might be something that we can do to help if we're going to. Be working with you and say and you know they need other help on their credit for restoration that we can ask for in advance to help accelerate the process you know if that's what yeah. is needed so okay well that sounds good um is there any are there any other myths that you can think <laughs> yeah. of that you'd like to share with us
0: you know there's a lot of lenders that when we talk to them they'll say you know i kind of do credit repair myself and when, it, when it boils down to it what they're talking about is, is one of two things. Either they really are doing the credit repair themselves, which I don't know how you have time to close loans. If you're, if you're doing credit repair and you're doing it correctly, it's a pretty labor intensive uh, project. And so I would definitely say, do what you're good at. Let me do what I'm good at. The client's going to be happy because nobody's just guessing at how to do this. And you're going to have time to you know do your job. But most of the time, and and it's a legal issue you know if you're going to perform credit repair then then you got to be licensed you got to be bonded otherwise you're in violation of the credit repair organization act also right. when you sign a contract with your credit vendor like uh you know, a Kroll or a CBC Innovus or whoever it is, you specifically say in there that you are not going to be engaging in credit repair. So that's something to keep in mind. But on the flip side of that, what most people are actually talking about is rapid rescores and what if simulators. And right. while those are amazing tools and I'm not, credit repair does not replace rapid rescores or what if simulators. So if there's a situation where you can use it, use it, but you got to understand that in a lot of cases you're slapping a bandaid aid onto a, a gushing wound by just doing a rapid rescore or a what if simulator. So what we do as as a company is we go above and beyond that cuz a what if simulator really is it's for the most part just good for, you know, updating credit card balances. Where what we're doing is we're going in and we're looking for collections, charge offs, profit and loss, late pays, you know, inaccuracies in the MLP ratings, um, we're adding positive trade lines none of which can be taken care of a uh, a rapid rescore, you know, so just Mm -hmm. for loan officers, know the difference. If you're doing rapid rescores and what if simulators, you are not doing credit repair, Um, you know, and and in some cases, your clients really do need more help than just, uh, you know, quick update a credit card, slam them through with a 641 credit score, and then, you know, hands off, not my problem anymore. You know, sometimes they really do need that, that additional help to get their lives back on track beyond just qualifying for the home loan. And that's going to pay you off, you know, in the next refi and the next move up purchase and things like that. You want these clients for their next four loans, not just for this one. So,
1: right. Do you have any, uh, credit monitor? I love, I love those commercials. I'm just a monitor, but, um, do you have, <laughs> yeah. do you have any credit monitoring, uh, programs, um, that you can recommend. So for example, I do annual reviews with my clients and sometimes, you know, it's good to know where's their credit standing without me having to do it. I don't want to have to pull credit every single year just for the sake of knowing, you know, how are we coming along? How does your credit look? Yeah,
0: Yep. So, so we have a relationship with um, a company called Identity IQ, uh, Mm -hmm. which is what we recommend. Normally it's um, $30 a month, but we have it negotiated for our clients where it's $1 for your first month and then it's only 19 and some change after that for each additional month so you could pull your $1 report check it out, cancel it if you don't want to continue, um, or if you did want to continue, which we do recommend, then it's only going to cost you about 20 bucks a month to keep an eye on your credit report. If you want that link so that you can get discounted code, just email me, sam at mycreditguy.com, and I'll send that over to you, and, and you can take a look at it. But that's what we recommend is Identity IQ. That way you're, you're pulling all three credit reports, and the scores are actually somewhat close to what a lender pulls. We're usually seeing about a 20-point uh, inflation uh, on the on the credit monitoring side, where on some of these, and I won't call them out by name, um, right. but it's some of huge. them, you know, you're you're you know fifty, eighty, hundred points difference between the 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 scoring algorithm that the lender pulls and then the one that you're pulling online and paying for, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
1: Right. So now there is um, a company called Identity Guard. How do you feel about them? That's who I've been sending my clients to. Not annual credit report. I didn't feel like that was close sure. enough, but. Um,
0: yeah, Identity Guard's solid. They're they're okay. they're, they're not bad at all. I, I, okay. We choose Identity IQ just because you know we we like a few of their little niches that they provide and the different information and how it's compiled and it's easy to read. And like I said, the scores are pretty close. But Identity Guard's you know I, I wouldn't steer you away from that. Okay,
1: I was just curious, just curious because yeah. that's what I happen to use. But um, yeah, okay. absolutely. Right, Well, that sounds good there too. Okay, so how do we as we kind of wrap things up, how do we connect? How does someone who's listening connect with you? I know you said the email, but is that is that the best way for us to get in touch with you um, to get Get on your distribution list so that we can get your little uh, videos on an occasional
0: sure. basis? Sure, yeah. A direct email to me is, uh, for a loan officer, going to be the best bet, sam at mycreditguide.com. And just let me know, hey, I either have a file that I want you to review or I want to be added to your distribution list. You can also go to our website, mycreditguide.com. And mm-hmm. right in front of you, it's going to say, are you a loan officer? You can mm-hmm. click on that Fill out a quick form, and then that way I'll have your contact info, and I'll reach back out to you and, you know, answer whatever question that you have or just get you added to the list if, if that's what you want to do. But, you know, um, our website is where you're going to be able to submit also a file for review if you go okay, there. I was just going to uh, ask
1: you, how do we do yeah, that as well? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so you go to the website, and there'll be a button right there on the front page at the top says client file submission, you click on that, it's gonna take you to a secure submission page where you can drag and drop a file in there. You can attach it. If you don't want to attach a credit report or you can't or you don't have it, no big deal. We'll pull our own consumer report, but that way you can submit the information through here. We are gonna say, hey, notes, let us know about any important uh, details score needed, lender overlay, et cetera. So just give us all the information about the file and what it is that you need us to get done for you. And then we go to work from there. We call the client, we give them a free review, we enroll them, we keep you posted, and then we let you know when it's time to repull credit and close the loan here in a couple months.
1: Okay, awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much for doing that. Okay. So, um, hey, by the way, I know you work with your wife. I think that's hilarious because I work with my husband. He's on my team. Yeah, so. yeah. She
0: hasn't <laughs> fired me yet, so so we're still good.
1: <laughs> well, if you're good, you'll call her H C I C which stands for head Chicken charge, because that's
0: what oh, my husband she calls me. She knows <laughs> that. I don't I don't even have to I don't even have to tell her when I come in, in the morning, I just ask her what, what I'm supposed to do. What do I have do, to so do <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that way I don't get in any trouble. No, she's, she's great. And, uh, you know, she's been doing this now for, geez, nine years, nine years. Yeah. Yeah, So she is, uh, she is an absolute rock star. You know, we have a company now of, um, almost 20 people and, and, you know, she, she's definitely the, you know, the, the hub of all that. So, so absolutely. If you can, uh, if you can pull off working with your, your awesome wife and, uh, and she'll put up with you like your husband does and, 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 uh, uh, or like what, what you do for your husband and what my wife does for me, then, then we're in a good spot. So I'm
1: glad you corrected yourself there. I was going to give yeah. you gonna <laughs> yeah, lower your lucky. credit score just yeah. for that.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: Okay. Well, I, you know, it's been great having you on Sam. I really appreciate it. I, I learned, um, you know, just little extras and in these are really important things because I don't want to be a credit repair. person. We can never do I've, to help. Yeah. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be that person. My job is to originate loans, but it's important that I can at least answer some questions that they have without, um, you know, sounding like a dum dum. So, uh, you know, (laughs) as we leave, I just want to see, you know, what's, uh, what kind of books are you reading these days? Are you reading a book right now that you'd like to share with us that we could um, learn from?
0: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm reading a couple right now. The one, the one that I'm really getting into is, uh, the Gary V book, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, it's, uh, the hashtag ask Gary book. And, you know, it's just, this is one that's more of a lot of his stuff is kind of mentality and, you know, how to go about life and how to, you know, conceptualize things and process things. And, and this one's a little bit more how to, um, you know, how to, and, and it's anywhere from, you know, parenting to, to marketing, to, you know, leadership, stuff like that. And I'm just, I'm just picking up a lot of great things. This guy, I, I like how, uh, raw he is. You know, he just doesn't sugarcoat things, which is, you know, how things resonate with me best. But I, I like that one. Um, that's kind of what I'm, I'm just starting to get into. And um, that's really the one that I'm digging into right now, I guess. Um, you know, there, I, I've gotten through some other ones in the last, uh, the last couple of months. I've gone back and reread, you know, some, some Napoleon Hill and stuff like that. But this Gary Vee book kind of has my, uh, my attention right now. How
1: do you spell his last name, Sam?
0: V-A-Y-N-E-R-C-H-U-K.
1: Wow, that's a mouthful. Yeah,
0: it's a mouthful, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a okay. funny guy, though. You'll, you'll get a kick out of him, so.
1: I love it, love, love to read it. And I love hearing that you're rereading. I think this is one of the things that I've really um, been learning this year is that I read a lot of books, um, and I know a lot about a lot of books. And so I've started to go back and read you know, books two, three, four, five, seven times, because you know it's not uh it's not about how many we read it's about the quality and what we gain from each book so i love hearing that you're doing that it's it's really really important um that we yeah do that. and so,
0: and what yeah. i found too just to, to your point is that Books that I read five years ago have totally different meanings for me now because there are things, it's just like when you watch The Simpsons when you were a little kid, you thought some things were funny, but now that you watch when you're an adult, there's a whole nother level that you just didn't get when you were a kid. Right. And some, A lot of books are like that where you know, it just means something different to me today, you where know, oh, yeah, I, I understand more. Yeah. Well, it's just
1: like going to a seminar, you know, when you learn something, it's like you you learn and retain like 20 to 25%. So you have to hear the repetition over and over and over. And I think that's really important. Plus we grow, you know, we grow and things change and our, and our ideals are different. Well, I appreciate you sharing um, that with us and everything that you shared with us today. You're just a wealth of knowledge and, and, you know, someone I really feel comfortable that I can lean on and, you know, help my clients um, get to the next level. And most importantly, keep me in touch. I mean, that's something that a lot of people, um, Overpromise and under deliver is not keeping me in touch with what my client's doing. And so that it reminds me, because we're just, we're loan officers, we're very busy, we're horrible with follow up. So let's, let's yeah. just be real. I mean, not all of us, but, you know, we're not the best at everything. So, it's really good that someone else is um, being our accountability partner and helping our clients um, means a whole heck of a lot. So I want to again say thank you so much, Sam, for, for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you hopefully in Las Vegas again next year. So thanks for being Absolutely. on the
0: show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for listening to mortgage lending mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events.
1: Just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.